Welcome to the Destination Imagination UK podcast. We take some time out to chat with folks around the world about destination imagination and bring you some of the best advice, insights and suggestions to help your team wherever you are. You're listening to the Destination Imagination United Kingdom podcast. and This is episode one. Hello, I'm Jan Harper and I'm the director for Destination Imagination in the United Kingdom. Welcome to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for joining us. The DIUK podcast is produced occasionally for your enjoyment and show notes for each episode can be found at diuk.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at DI United Kingdom and on Facebook, Destination Imagination UK. All our social media links are in the show notes. Now, let's get into the show. Today we're talking to Chris Beisel, Director for Education Alliances, and she's going to give us some background information about DI. And then we cover some good advice and tips for new team managers. I hope you enjoy. Okay, now we're going to have a chat with Chris Beisel over in the States. Are you there, Chris? I sure am. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am well, thank you. How are you today? I'm okay. I'm hoping that uh, we're going to get some good information on this podcast. I'm sure we will. Um, We've spoken a lot before, Chris, uh, and I think people who are listening to the podcast will be interested in some of the information you have and uh, hopefully some good hints and tips, especially for new team managers today. But I suppose I'd like to start, as as I'm tending to do with podcast guests, is to ask you, how did you discover Destination Imagination? Well, you know how that works, is your kid brings something home from school and says, Mommy, I want to do this. <laughs> and I looked at the, he was in the fourth grade. He's now 26 years old. So he was in the fourth grade, and I looked at it and thought, oh, this sounds very familiar to something that I did as a child that I loved. And I did junior achievement as a child, and back then, they would, the kids would form a team or a company. You would choose a product. You'd make your product. You'd sell your product. You'd sell stock in your account. You got paid for working. You made, um, you made money while you were working. I mean, it was like, I think a dollar 19 an hour or something. But (laughs) but, so it was, it was all of that, the ability to do it by myself. Um, I had adult guidance, but I was in charge. And when I saw this flyer about Destination Imagination from my fourth grader, I went, oh, this is it. This is great, because Junior Achievement stopped doing their program that way in the States. So so we sat, and and I went to a meeting, and then, you know, 15 years later, 16, (laughs) 17 years later, I've been still doing DI. I'm an employee now, but I was a volunteer team manager for 15 years, sometimes with all three of my kids on different teams at the same time. And whereabouts in the States are you based? Where are you talking from? Where, um, where are these teams that you were involved with? In Colorado. 
which yeah. is one of the larger affiliates in the world, actually. They're fourth in the world. They had about 900 teams each year. Okay. Um, so it's a large affiliate. And for three years, I was the affiliate, the co-affiliate director there as well. So I, you know, moved from being a volunteer to a staff person to a national staff person. Yeah. So Colorado, that's a pretty big job then, isn't it? With 900 teams, you've, you've got your hand, hands full there. I did. Um, now poor Kate does it all by herself, Kate Donnellan in Colorado. Um, we have tons of volunteers. This is a heavily volunteer-driven organization nationally and globally. Um, we have 30 paid staff um, completely that runs the entire organization uh, that serves 150 to 200,000 kids a year. So um, we have about 30,000 volunteers worldwide that help that happen for us. Lovely. And now you are one of those paid staff, so you've you've moved through different levels of of involvement with DI. Um, so, what's what's your job title now, Chris? And maybe you could tell us a little bit about what it is you do for DI. Right now, I'm director of educational alliances, which means as a general whole, I am reaching out to those organizations that provide educational services or educational foundations or educational organizations, um, after school programs, things like that, that actually serve kids. And I'm working to form a partnership with them so we can bring Destination Imagination to a variety of different audiences. Our, um, we are a nonprofit organization. So we really try to partner with other nonprofits and then also get sponsorship from for-profit organizations. So, um, so with our uh, partnerships, I might be looking at boys and girls clubs. We've been, we've had a few meetings with them, working with things like something called the Educational Commission of the State here, which is a group of an organization that brings in all of the legislatures that work on educational issues. So we're trying to get our name known there. But also on top of those educational alliances, I actually work and support all of the international affiliates, um, all of them around the world. We have affiliates in China and Singapore, and um, we're building in Australia. We have an, one in India. We have several in South America, and we're growing in, in Europe at this point in time. Um, the UK is our newest affiliate in, in Europe. Welcome to the Destination Imagination UK podcast. We take some time out to chat with folks around the world about destination imagination and bring you some of the best advice, insights and suggestions to help your team wherever you are. I was just going to ask you really if you had any good hints or tips because it's the start of the challenge season and I just wondered if there were, because you've got a lot of experience, any advice you can give to new team managers particularly um, now that they're thinking about, right, okay, we're going to do a DI, I've identified team members, it's the start of the season, what what kind of things do you think they should bear in mind? Well, there, there's a couple of things that, that a new team manager needs to think about. First is, your job is to understand the challenge to the best of your ability. Okay. So you need to read all the, um, the overviews, the, the short overviews, talk about that with the kids, let them choose what they want, and I'll get to that in a minute, but your job is to know the challenge that they are that they are doing. So you need to make sure you have read all of the materials, and you're going to want to read that challenge two or three times. 
So yeah. that's a really important thing to know. You're going to want to read the rules of the road and actually start doing some of the things that are in the rules of the road. Um, and you're going to want to read the roadmap and do some of the things that are in the roadmap. So it's your job as the adult to read all that material. I know it's a lot of material, yeah. um, a lot of pages, but you have to know the program as best as you can forward and back. So that's just an overall general way to make your life easier. Okay, now you are sitting in your classroom or in your living room, wherever you've decided to have your team meeting, and you have six to seven, five to seven kids sitting in front of you going, okay, now what? What are we going to do now? The most important thing is for those kids to learn to be a team. Um, so everyone wants to get jump right in and start building stuff and making the challenge and deciding yeah. what they're going to do, but they can't do that if the kids don't if the kids aren't a team, yeah. they're not going to feel comfortable. They're not going to be feel safe. They're not going to be able to have safe arguments about their challenge because they are going to argue, and actually arguing is good. Um, safe arguing, not mean arguing, but actual, yeah, productive. Yeah. Yes, constructive um, conflict is a good thing. But to do that, you have to have a safe place. To have yeah. a safe place, you have to have a team. So there are some suggestions in the roadmap about how to build teams, but the best way is to play. Um, one of the tricks I used, I found this silly game on the internet. You, It's little plastic hats that you tie on and it's got Velcro on them and there's balls that you throw at each other. And right. the game is called Butthead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Silly game. Um, and... And you run around chasing each other, trying to get balls to stick to each other's heads. And right. sometimes a great way to get the kids to come together as a team is to allow them to gang up on you as a ah, team. Ah, okay. So they're all chasing you. They're, they've got a common foe. It starts building that sense of team. Have them spend some afternoons like we have snack. Have them all bring a snack and then, you know, Serve it without talking, blindfold people, and make it together. I mean, there's lots of ways you can make that snack a whole big team-building activity. So anything you can do to let the kids hang together, get to know each other, get comfortable before you start figuring out which challenge right. you're going to do or right. figuring out how you're going to solve that challenge. And how many How many times? I mean, they're great ideas. Thank you. So would you do that? the first few meetings at least first two three or see how it goes or would you build that in some kind of activity into every meeting a little bit of both the first okay. two meetings are a lot of two to three depending on I mean if the kids are friends and know each other you really only need that one team one right. meeting to, to come together but if they're kids who don't really know each other or kids from you know different groups at school you mm. want you've got to spend two to three meetings doing that. But then I always build it back through. And when I start having trouble, because when we get to that constructive conflict and when it becomes destructive conflict, I actually just stop the meeting and we go back to team building. Oh, right. Okay. So you, so you, you put a stop to it and you refocus on the team building because this right. is, this is what will pay off down the line, isn't it? When they're, when they're building, um, the challenge solution that, like you say, there will be disagreement or different ideas on how to do things or what they want to include. So they're, they're learning to work as a team and they're learning to recognize other people's qualities and limitations. Correct. 
And that is the most important thing that they will actually learn in Destination Imagination, is how to work on a team, um, how to get along even when you might not want to, yeah. and how to work with someone that you really don't like. They'll learn that. Yeah, which is which is a which is a part of life later on, unfortunately. But, yeah, but, yeah, good that they learn it while they're young. Yes, and then um, their their next challenge, um, the next thing they need to do is pick their challenge, and that is going to be um, a test of of how is the teamwork going. It's going to be a test of are any of the kids willing to let go of what they really want for the good of the team, and mm-hmm. it can be the hardest challenge that they have to do the entire time. Right. Um, some schools avoid it completely by just having the kids sign up for the for the challenge they want to do, which is fine. If that's how, if your school is going to have five teams all in middle school and you're going to offer all five challenges and then the kids can just sign up, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but there is something really powerful of deciding together which challenge you're going to solve. Yeah. So having them sit down with the short version, the the um, overview, it's a two-page overview. Sit down, read all of those, decide the two or three that they're actually interested in, and then get the hard copies of those two to three and sit down as a group and read them. In the roadmap, once they decide on a challenge, there is a, a, a lesson in the roadmap about how to read a challenge so you can figure out what has to be done, what are things that you know are optional, what things can't be done. There is actually a, a rule on that. But those first readings are more of a sense of, do we want to do this challenge? Is it something we're interested in? Yeah. And I found the more ideas that stop pop, start popping up while you're reading them, probably yeah. the more interested the kids are in that challenge. Okay, so yeah, good indicator. So just for people who are new to DI, Chris, I just wanted to just go back really because... You've mentioned a few things there. You've mentioned something called the rules of the road and something called the roadmap. And we've also talked about the challenge overview. So I just wanted to explain a little bit about what those documents are and actually how you can, how you can get your hands on them. So if we started with the challenge overviews, you can get them um, off the DIUK website for sure and definitely any other destination imagination website. Yep. Yeah. They are um, actually the way you find most of our marketing materials is right on the front page of our website. You go down a little bit. There's a block in the middle that says teams and managers. And then you go down that and there's a menu item that says marketing materials. You click there and then there's short versions of it. There's parent letters. There's a variety of things you guys can do to spread DI at your school, but also help parents understand what's going on. Um, and that's another important thing is your job as team manager. Parents sometimes expect this great, beautiful um, performance, like, you know, you do the Christmas play at school, yeah. and, and, and that's not what this looks like because the kids have done it all themselves. The costumes, the, the play, um, the science solution, all of that is themselves. So sometimes, it's, you know, the parents are like, what is going on? I did this <laughs> for eight weeks, and this is what they did? Just make sure the parents know that you're not directing the kids. The kids are directing themselves and exploring themselves. So this is something yeah. they created all on their own. Yeah. Um, so that's an important thing. But all those materials are right on the marketing page. The other materials come when you actually purchase your team number. You'll get that number. You can actually go into our um, destinationimagination.org website 
and you can go to resources, enter your team number and um, sign up as a member and you will get access to all of those materials directly um, via the internet. So all the challenges are available. The Rules of the Road, which is a booklet um, that describes all the rules about DI, including things like um, what is an exempt expense. So we, you know, challenges can only cost $125 to $150 on stage. Everything that ends up on stage can't cost more than that, mm -hmm. except for anything in a classroom is exempt. So if you want chairs and tables, as long as they're not altered, those are exempt from cost. If um, if you want computers and musical instruments, all of those things, those are exempt from cost as well. Mm -hmm. So it lists those types of rules. It lists how to count clothes, um, the cost of the clothes that the kids have on, um, how to count the cost of costumes. So it explains that to you. It also has rules, reminds everyone that kids have to have um, shoes with a hard sole um, on at all times. There's no barefoot anything in a DI tournament. There are no live animals in a DI tournament. Yeah. Um, we've had that happen, believe it or not. Um, so that's in there. So it's a book of rules, and um, you need to read it as a team manager. Make sure yeah. you at least know what's there. So when the kids ask, is it possible for us to do that, you can say, hey, let's go look this up in the rules of the road and find out if it's possible. Yeah. That's that's right. And we'll come back to the rules, right? Because that's a, that's a big subject in itself, and I think it would be good if we came back and had a closer look because there is a limit to how much you can spend on producing your challenge solution uh, to make things fair, and also to to encourage really the kids to be a little bit more inventive, isn't it? You know, to look right. around the environment for for what they can use or what they can build. So I think it would be good to we, maybe if you would come back, we could spend a little bit more time looking at that. I'm happy to. We could actually have a whole discussion over the um, expense worksheet that you have to do. Okay, that would be good. All right, so we, we'll put that on the list of uh, podcasts. The roadmap, I think a simple way to explain it is that's the manual you'll get, isn't it? That sets out what you can do um, and what would be helpful to do and even breaks it down over several weeks. So it gives you a ready-made format, if you like, for your timetabling. Do you think that's a fair description yes it's a 16 it's six set up is 16 weeks the program can be done in eight weeks honestly it can be done i had a team who did almost their whole challenge in one weekend um, okay. and did pretty well so it can be all crammed into into you know the time you have but yeah. it's got 16 lessons and it walks kids through walks you through guiding those kids from their ideas to implementation how to get the ideas out of them how to help them bring the ideas to life on stage and how to show up at a tournament and present. So it kind of walks you through. It, it teaches you, as a team manager, the project management system, yeah. which is actually you know, the official professional project management system. And then you are able to guide the kids through that process so they now have learned how to run a project. What a great skill. I mean, really, Absolutely. there's, you know, Every job needs project management, even if you, you know, are just a homemaker or you are a baker. You know, there's all those things. It's all projects. Everything we do is projects. Getting yeah. your kids up in the morning, dressed for school, is a project. <laughs> yeah. in, in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a harder one. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, it really gives you, as a team manager, some skills that you can use in your real life, but it yeah. also prepares those kids for their future, which we don't know what that's going to be. 
Yeah. No. We don't know what job we're going to have. That's right. We don't. And as you say, it's good. It's, it's good skills building. Chris, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for for your ideas and thoughts. We'll we'll come back and talk about other aspects of of teams and how you can work with them and be um, a more effective team manager um, on another podcast. But for today, I want to thank you very much for joining us. It's been lovely to speak to you and we'll speak to you again soon. Great. It's lovely to speak to you as well and I wish you all luck this year. Well, that's it for this episode. We've been talking with Chris Beisel. Thank you very much, Chris, for those great tips and especially for the help for new team managers. You can get more information about registering a team on our website, diuk.org. If you've got any topics you'd like covered, then please drop me a line. You can write to me at director at diuk.org and I'll see if I can get some answers for you. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time. You've been listening to the Destination Imagination UK podcast. Interested in finding out more about starting a team? You can find everything you need to know on our website, diuk.org. You can follow Destination Imagination UK on Facebook and Twitter too. Thanks for listening and see you next time.